1: I tune into the H.E.C.U. Sports Lab to see my team want to long. If they loud I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they want, she's uh I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Caville, yeah. he know what he be about. bout. My control, they know what they be talkin' bout. Talkin about. They compress press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know em like I know em, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to long. And who the
0: ball, the ball. ball. So listen to so professor,
2: professor Yes. Sir, yes and sir. pay attention because yes, he's going to teach the lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. You know we do our Sunday edition. The boys are on, on assignment. You know, literally, you just heard the pregame show with Charles Bishop in Miami. We'll get to talk a little bit about that Jackson State fan going on down there that everybody excited about. But we got some matchups that took place on Saturday. that we got to dig behind the numbers. We got Allen Williams, 1876 Sports and Culture, bringing us some, some frameworks. And he'll go inside the Labor Day Classic. Then you know we got the guru, B.J. Jones. You see him lighting it up as branded down there. He done went to his car name. So you know he's going to come. Hard and heavy as the football analyst, guru extraordinaire. Mike Washington is literally getting ready to get on the plane with his son as they are doing their recruiting visits. So he's making a rounds, making it happen. And then we're going to have A.D. Drew. He's literally in Montgomery. So he was on the scene. So we're talking to folks that were in the mix, in the stadiums, getting it done in so many different ways. So you know what we do. We bring it as always. Welcome. To episode 174 of Inside the HBCU Sports Live radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cabilla, along with my co host, Mike Washington Charles Bishop. We are filming from our home studio, sending a signal live, as we always do, right here in Texas. Beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Well, you know, I got a little purple and gold on today. That's one of those things. We're going to have a new segment where when you talk about those classics, you know, you get a trophy. So when you get a championship trophy, some people get a bottle. And then other folks like to do the fine cigar. So we got a little bit of both. So we'll have a segment where we get to get in and and have a little fun. You know, I've started already, as you can see. Well, I'm just kidding. This is just orange juice, not the mimosa yet. I'll wait until afterwards to make sure I can get into it. But I thought you all might enjoy that. But we'll get a chance to get into some of these. Uh, Let me ask each of you all, so I won't be rude. Starting with you, B.J. Jones, how you doing? Oh, man,
3: rough morning, man. Um, yeah, rough morning. Um I was in um, – I'm happy that football's back. You know, got a chance to watch a couple games yesterday. Uh, Miles, Alabama State, uh, Bowie State, uh, Delaware State, um, and then on no location for uh, Southern and Troy. Glad football is back. Uh, saw some interesting things last night, particularly when you started talking about the South Carolina State-Alabama and the matchup, uh, and then an eye-opener uh, in Montgomery, Alabama with uh, Alabama State and Miles College, a game that was a little bit closer than what people anticipated. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, a Saturday full of football, and then you got that Sunday after, but get myself pumped up, because uh, we got two ball games today. Uh, we, you know, we got the big one down in Miami. Uh, Jackson State Florida AM. and uh, and then, you know, we have uh, up in uh, Canton, Ohio, the home of Pro Football Hall of Fame, Grambling State University and Tennessee State, man. I'm getting myself uh, pumped up for it. Doesn't look like it now, but trust me, I'll be ready to go once we get started. Then we got a nightcap with uh, the Red Tails clash yeah. with and I, I was
2: about to so say, you right. just some, there's some you significant games going on today, and we're going to get them all in. With that, as AD's jumping in here, I know he was going to make sure he shared that, but I was going to make sure that we take care of B.J. Jones. He's just getting excited. As he said, it was a long day yesterday. Man, he was all over the place checking out all the games like a football analyst is supposed to do, so he's going to bring it on heavy. A.D. Drew was literally making it happen as he did the pregame show in the morning. Then he did the game time show, so he's all over the place too. But A.D.,
1: how are you doing this morning, living in the hotel as you are? Man, uh, after about <laughs> two, three days of these things, this is—I remember why I got out of coaching. That's all. That's all, <laughs> all <I got.
0: laughs>
1: but those no, but no. Seriously, I—I—I I, I love this great atmosphere. Yesterday, yes, yes, yesterday was a long day, but it was fun. It was reward game time show. Carlos Brown show. Uh, Live on location in. Montgomery, Alabama, starting off today, pre-game show, uh, on here with you, Dr. Kaville, we've got a game time show, later on today, I'll be on the uh, Tuskegee radio broadcast today, and then uh, BJ's going to be doing his show later on, uh, we'll be we'll all be a part of that, so this is just a great time to be a HBCU college football fan in Brooklyn. Think what we was last year on this date. Oh wow, this great point. Figuring out what, 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 what we gonna do. I want and please, though, for all of us married men, because I'm i new to the married profession. But I wonder what the divorce rate was during this time when when these wives were working, used to their husbands being home. On Saturday, he's doing football season, or you know, sometimes vice versa. Sometimes the wives going to the game and the husband staying at home. Now we got to spend time together. I mean, we used to go in our separate ways on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just curious uh about that. You know, we do the family thing on homecoming, but the other other three home games, you know, now nah, we going our separate way. <laughs> Great point when you make things. We're gonna
2: call you the hardest working man in the business officially now. Uh, in terms of the streaming broadcast platform, doing it all in so many ways for the BCSN network, and we certainly appreciate what you do. Let me bring in one of my best sidekicks. We've been down since four flat tires when they allowed us in the Prairie View University, and now we have our takeover plan, and it is falling into stride. I have none other than Alan Williams out of Detroit. Now in Dallas, you know, he traded one DN for the other D. Getting it done, 1876 and Culture Podcast. His sons are both at Prairie View doing tremendous things, uh, but he brings it hot and heavy as he's one of the leading uh, individuals involved in 1876 and Culture Podcast. He's with us. Alan. how are you doing this morning?
0: Man, I'm doing great. What a day yesterday, man. It was just good to be back, football in full swing. You know, the one thing that I wish we had yesterday is, man, I wanted to see that Alabama AM and South Carolina State game, bruh. I can't believe that one was not televised. We bruh, that's that that looked, as you follow the 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 tail of the game, man, that looked like the game of the day.
2: Oh, it certainly was. And all of us will get a chance to break that down. Before I do that, I'm gonna give a score. We'll take some breaks and we might come in and start breaking down those matchups. The thing is, I gotta make sure I apologize, Alan. I owe you apologize. Apology. They gave me the cheat code hanging with BCSN in the group. They streamed the Alabama A&M game on the A&M network, and it was on YouTube. So I put my eyes on that game. And as you were following the ticker, you are absolutely right. It went down to the Y Classic, started off turnovers. Then it just went back and forth, back and forth. You're like, whoever has the ball last might just win this game. And it looked like it great defensive stand uh, after they couldn't do it the first time on a fourth and 15 South Carolina State got it done the second fourth and forever they couldn't get it done and it was the interception that sealed the game so you're absolutely right fantastic matchup but as I said let me get into some of these scores to let the people know that we're going to show love to everybody but we're going to focus on a couple of games but before we do that uh Anadon, www.onnivan.com, has the schedule galore. You've probably seen that hot article on HBCU game day, the granddaddy of them all, as we talk about getting it some all done. And Eric Moore, and prayers go out to Eric Moore if he's dealing with it a little bit, but he's still finding a way to bring it. Let me jump in and give you some of these scores. We'll run down them real quick. Take a break, and we'll come back hot and heavy. Uh, Lincoln, Missouri. Uh, lost to Washburn seventy six to twelve. You had Albany State, as you've heard by now, with the big uh, shutout twenty four to zero of Mississippi College. You had Wingate defeating Shaw thirty to seven. Mississippi Valley State getting shut out by Murray State thirty five to zero. You have Texas College getting shut out as well to West Texas A and M seventy three to zero. Division two versus NAIA matchup out of Texas. Uh, Show of CIAA. Getting it done against Mars Hill, winning 30 uh, to 24. Mm-hmm. That was an overtime game. You have St. Augustine losing 58 to 14 to Tusculum. You had Virginia State leading part of that game, but at the end, they fell short to shipping bird 25 to 17. AT, I got to watch this game. AT just could not put it together. Uh, big plays, turnovers. Fascinating when you look at that matchup, but they were right there in that game and they got it down to a one score game late and got two big defensive turnovers for short field and mm-hmm. couldn't do anything with it, uh, including two missed field goals. Uh, uh, one was blocked. The other one was missed. Uh, just frustrating to watch that in terms of them looking like they were going to take a beat down, but fighting back. Big plays but couldn't really consistently walk down the field. So it's going to be interesting to see what that means from a t As B.J. Jones says early in the year, don't let one game make you panic. It is, as Mike says, and I like to say, it's one data point. So we need a couple of these games to really figure out, is it one team or is it the other team? So right now we don't know, in this case when we talking about this, North Carolina a t is it tr- troubles they had or was it something that – Uh, Furman was able to do Uh, Richmond defeats Howard 38 to 14. Langston NIA program. We keep telling you that this program is solid. They are good. They the real deal in terms of what they do at their level. They get the win Mm -hmm. over Oklahoma panhandle state 10 to seven. Delaware state 32 over Bowie state 24. Some people thought this may be an upset. Delaware state jumped out really big 18 zero. Bowie state seemed to get it done. I um, mean seemed to get it together in the second half and fall back to make it a one-score game um, and make it more respectable 34, 32 to 24. Watch much of that game. Um, and then you have Fayetteville State and making a statement early: 47 to 6. Uh, a little disappointed in this game. Townsend shuts out Morgan State 31 to zero. Thought it would be much more competitive than that. Uh, B.J. Jones talked a little bit about this, and we'll get into this one. Alabama State in overtime, uh, defeats Miles, 14-13, defensive game there. Alabama AM and over South Carolina State in a classic, 42-41, in every way of the game. Ala- Arkansas Pablo gets it done solidly over Lane, 34-16. to uh, Southern losing to Troy, bigger score than most people indicated, 55-3. Morehouse with the stunner over West Alabama. Go ahead, Maroon Tigers, 49 to 41. You had that street rivalry. Man, these schools are split by a street, literally. Uh, Benedict Pounds Allen, as they just bring back the program, 45 to 12. Bluefield State, another team that just bringing back the program. They showed well as they lost to the Lawrence Tech, 21 to 14. You have Hampton and Virginia State, uh, Virginia Union, another one to keep your eyes on. Virginia Union fought back in a lot of ways but could not get over the hump as they lose to Hampton, 42-28. You have Lock Haven defeating Lincoln, Pennsylvania, shutting them out 20-0. to zero. You also have Clark Atlanta losing to Livingston. You know, that's the team that I say, man, that's the market I want uh, in there. But they lose 13-10, to 10, if you would, to uh, Livingston, uh you have Virginia State getting beat up pretty big, pretty bad by Lenore Ryan, 48 to 7. Uh Texas Southern loses to Prairie View AM as they uh Prairie View goes on the road, gets it done. Beats up on Texas Southern physically, manhandled in a lot of ways, 40-17. We'll get into that a little bit. Toledo beats up on Norfolk State 49 to 10. Uh Valdosta State, another one that we said that we thought. Could be a type of upset I certainly thought would be a good game. They beat up on Savannah State 53-7. Uh, UTEP, Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman represented for the SWAC. and was right in that game in every way that you can think of. They lose 38-28, to but it was even closer than the score. Then we'll get into those matchups. With that said, we'll get back into it and feature a couple of games. This is Dr. DeVille inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stick with us as we start to break down these games, give you some insight, and then we'll take a little deep segment where we'll go into the three games of today. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this break.
3: For 200 years, Montgomery,
1: Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward
2: to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made.
3: We are proud to call Montgomery home and together we can be the change.
0: Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision
3: for yourself and for your fam.
1: True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf in every aisle will be black-owned and black-produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 billion dollars. If we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020. But we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19th, 2021.
0: Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody
2: era. they can follow their <laughs> This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. As you know, they're out on assignment, getting it done. So I have the best team bringing back in the backup. You know, when I come off the bench, baby, who be do 40 minutes of hell? L. It gets into it in so many different ways. So um, we're going to jump into it, a little Labor Day Classic. I have nothing other than B.J. Jones on here. I have Allen Williams and A.D. Drew. We have G. Bruden Holly, Riley. Holly, as he's in work getting it for us, so we're gonna let him talk a little bit about the sidelines as he was putting it in doing the pictures yesterday. We're gonna give him a chance to kind of give in and give us a little sideline report before we get into it hot and heavy. So, Holly, how's it going? Come on in. Yo, Holly. There we go, I now'm now
3: sitting got sit, got I was sitting know, there on, on my phone sure trying to do keep... that in there,
2: yeah, yes, we understand, well you know, you were taking some great pictures down there on the sideline. Give us some insight was what we thought we were seeing either at the game in the stands or on television was it as hard hitting as we thought it was oh yeah it
3: was it was it was, it was some hitting going on down there, and I can tell you one thing, it was hot you know how that stadium is. That stadium was hot. They put me down for for a few minutes in the second quarter. I had to go sit on the side and catch catch my breath there. But it was a good game starting off, and then Prairie View started to uh, take off as they
2: they did in the uh, second half. No doubt about it. Well, I have your cigar. I have your bottle of champagne, so you get to bring (laughs) the trophy back to Prairie View. So I'm going to go to Allen next and let him give his thoughts in terms of that matchup. What did you see breaking down
0: that game? Man, I got I to gotta be honest. And I sent a little text in the group text at, after the uh, the second series. I was like, man, I don't know. This Juwan pass might not be it with my boy Conley. And then he started to pick up steam, <laughs> man. They were like, just be patient, be patient. But, you know, you start off with a, with a couple of fumbles, man. And then, you know, I, I was a little shaken at first. But uh, he found his stride and 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 really put in a, a prime time performance, man. I mean, you look at this guy; he was twenty five or thirty seven, uh, with a passing percentage of sixty seven percent. Had three hundred fifty four yards and three touchdowns, man. You can't really ask for a whole lot more. And he was he was running the ball too. He rushed for uh, seven uh, seven attempts and had twenty nine yards rushing the ball. So he he might be the truth. I, I'm looking forward to uh, what he's going to bring this year. And the one thing going in this game that I was really worried about was that defense because you know we lost a couple of guys in that transfer portal, but the defense really impressed me. I don't, I don't I mean did Texas Southern even have more than two first downs in the first half? It was crazy, bro. They were they were getting at it. So when you could hear some of those hits from the broadcast, hey, you gotta love it. And let me say this, Doc, and this might be a hot take. I really appreciate all the games being streamed on the ESPN uh, a network of uh, channels. But ESPN, I need you to understand something. When you're doing HBCU broadcast. You're going to have to do a TV timeout before you let the bands get on the field or something. You cannot go to commercial in the middle of the band playing. (laughs) I was here losing my mind trying to see. Drop the the mic. Hot take. Give me my bands. Take a timeout. I got another one to cut up, Dr. Cavill. They don't never. Yeah. They don't never show the band. I'm like, this is what this is part of the culture. We need to get on these producers and say, look, you do not cut away from the band at halftime. Just know. So please, today with fam, you and Jackson State, somebody need to get the word out. If y'all cut away from the broadcast at halftime, we gonna have it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna stuff. be a problem. <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. Message. Great point.
2: Uh, appreciate that insight, Allen. I'm going to go to B.J. Jones. And one of the things that folks that may not have a chance to watch that game is they might have just picked up the scores, uh, when he talks about pass early in that game, he fumbles the ball. Uh, and, and Texas Southern recovers it on the five-yard line. Brent, B.J., you'll uh, really appreciate this. I haven't seen Prairie View's defense stop a first-and-goal since Heist Northern was the defensive coordinator with that Purple haze defense uh, that Purple was leading haze. the nation and was shut down teams. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this is a good indicator. What are your thoughts in terms of what you saw in this matchup? Hey, uh, Purview did what they needed to do. Uh,
3: impressed with Jawan, past transfer from Louisville. Uh, 354 yards through the air, through three touchdowns. Uh, you know, did have the one interception and, and a few fumbles. He really came into into his own yesterday. Um also uh Lindemian Brooks, the running back. Um, you know, he had a rough time. Uh 15 carries, 54 yards. Uh, but that was his first, you know, his first game with uh, you know, with, with PV. So um I, I think with Prairie view, you saw what you needed to see. Uh you got a convincing win over a rival that has been down. Uh defensively, you look a lot better. That has been the question, Mark, about Prairie View. But I think you gotta be happy uh when you see how this offense flowed during the spring, uh, they were not this uh effective. Uh Purview might be on to something. So I, I think that you know, if you're a Purdue fan that you're happy. And listen to these defensive stats. Purview only gave up 274 total yards to Texas Southern, 181 uh through the air. Uh Texas Southern completed less than 50% of their passes, and they limited Texas Southern uh to 93. Yards on 32 rushes, which is 2.9 yards per carry. That's getting the job done defensively for Prairie View. So, what a way to start uh, off the season uh, for the Panthers down
2: there in Texas! Great point, BJ Jones. When you break it down, let me go to AD Drew. Uh, Juan Howard had four receptions, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. So, he will be one that you might want to keep your eyes on. And when you talk about Brooks just having the 54 yards, 15 carries, great point. But as a total rushing attack, they were able to do 100-plus yards. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether they'll be able to get somebody to be individually get it done. They have some smaller than statues. It looks like they're going back to see if they can get some of those running backs that can squeeze in them holes. But totally, if they do it by uh, the team concept, they seem to be able to get some yards. But we'll see um, in that matchup. AD Drew,
1: what were your thoughts on this game? By way-too-early prediction in the SWAC season. Juwan Pass is the number two quarterback in the conference. Now, You know, everybody's always said Prairie View was a quarterback away from contending. So maybe now they have their quarterback, Prairie View can contend. You know, I was one of those who said, watch out for Prairie View finishing in the top half of of the West – and have and having a possibility to be in the race at the end of october although it's only one data point like you say doc this may be something to it, it, it's something that you need to look at and see if it happens again maybe we need to do an analysis on it and see if we can come up with an equation to use uh, economic uh terms on No doubt. As G-Boone, Ali is getting it done. We'll give
2: him uh, a break there and see if we can bring him back to talk about uh, maybe a couple of his best pitches. Uh, but with that being said, I did want to get into that uh, game. Ali, you back into it? No, he's, he's working on it. So with that being said, let me get into that Alabama State miles game. I know uh, A.D. Drew B.J. Jones wanted to really get in that to a little bit. A fist of cuffs. So I thought it was fascinating in a lot of ways in terms of what's going on. I'm gonna go to you, BJ Jones. What were your thoughts in terms of that matchup? It was fascinating um, as I tuned in a little bit late into it, and I saw Alabama State was holding on for a 7-0 uh, nothing lead. Thought it was a defensive type of game, and I saw a big play by Miles, and they were able to get in the end zone late, send it to overtime, and they scored the first touchdown. Missed that block punt. I mean, extra point, and you were like, ooh, might mean something. And obviously, uh, it did as Alabama State scores. uh, As the quarterback play was interesting to me, he seemed to be missing wide receivers that were wide open all game long. So break that down and give me your thoughts in terms of Alabama State and Miles.
3: Clinton Smith is the new offensive coordinator at Miles. Clinton Smith was the head coach. Uh, for Ron Nettles uh, mm. in high school. Uh, this is his first year at Miles' office coordinator. I think he's one of the bright minds uh, in our game. Nice. Uh, Ron Nettles actually went 19 to 29 for 186 yards, did a lot of dinking and dunking, missed the wide open passes. Um, Bama State, you know, ran for 183 yards as a team, averaging four-point yards uh, per carry. Uh, but the thing that that bit them is that they couldn't punch him. Red zone offense was not good. Uh, Miles really couldn't do anything through the air. Uh, they just decided, hey, we're going to make this thing ugly and, and, and just you know kind of run this thing out. You know, as a team, you know, they ran the ball forty-four times for two hundred and four yards for three point nine yards per carry. Uh, man, this was an ugly first game, uh, you know, type of season. Miles hadn't played in two years, Alabama State. Uh, played in the spring, uh, but Alabama State seems to has to have regressed, especially offensively. Um, you know, we talked about we know what Alabama State can do defensively. Yes, and and they played an impressive ball game. Uh, Christian Clark and in that group, their offense is anemic. Uh, you know, to say uh, you know to, to put it delicately, and someone asked me, "Is Miles that good?" Or is Alabama State that bad? And I, I don't think that we really know, but I will say that Alabama State has regressed. Uh, Miles offensively did what they needed to do to make the big play at the end. Uh, but you got to get Alabama State credit. As bad as they played yesterday, Alabama State found a way to, to, to win it. Uh, and that's
2: and different. Biggest, and that's yeah, different.
3: And the biggest stat that matters if, if, for, for the Hornets, you are one to know. That's the stat that matters. You'll want to know. But I will say this. I think that seat for Donald Hill Ealy has went to warm to blazing hot.
2: Ooh. Ooh, even with the wind.
3: That's
1: tough. That's tough. Drew, any thoughts on that? Now, B.J., did Alabama State find a way to win it, or did Alabama State find a way to hold on in that particular game? Because Alabama State first drive down the field, Look just like the BXWAC challenge with uh, Alcorn going right down the field and scoring on, on their first drive. Then you had three and a half quarters of nothing from either team offensively. I don't think either team put together more than three first downs in a row in, in that three and a half quarter time period. So the, both, both defenses play outstanding. Once you got on the other side of the fifty. It seems like both defense tight tightened up and would, would force you force you to punt and there were about and I, I can't find it on my stats because I'm I'm actually looking at them on my phone instead of my iPad today. There were about three or four fourth downs that both teams went for and did not convert on, the, on the plus on the plus side of the field. That makes your defense look look good. <clears throat> where maybe the outcome may have been even a little bit more different if. You'd have punted the ball, pent that team uh, deeper, and then got the ball back. You know that plus twenty plus twenty five yards of real estate may have made a difference that helped out your offense uh, yeah. in the game. So, get it. Get back to your question: Is Biles that good, or is Alabama State that bad? Still can't still can't answer that question. But I did learn in that game what the difference between. A division two player and a division one player is. There were breakaways that Miles had. Running backs, receivers. If they're if that's division two team on division two teams, that's probably a touchdown. But division two on division one, they had those players had that closeout speed and had that extra gear that allowed my uh, Alabama State's defense. To catch to catch the person and to give their defense another opportunity and if that's division one on division one you probably get a touchdown out there play but that difference in the level of play just however might new it was looked like it may have been a difference when miles had a big play so do not sleep on miles when they get back into their division of play which which will be morehouse in week three. what scares me about miles, They have Southern next week where this team its confidence after potentially going 0-2 to start the season. A lot of great points made there.
2: I'm going to go to you, Allen. What are your thoughts in terms of this Miles-Alabama State matchup? What did you see? Uh, What do you want to bring to the table?
0: And All I can say is when you let Miles rush almost 200 yards on you, and you Alabama State, I'm in agreement. That seat is hot, bruh. It's hot. Because that swag east is, I mean, we 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 see Alabama and them and you you know what a Keel Glass can do. That's that's kind of a given. We're gonna see tonight with a fam and Jackson State, but you know, you gotta figure both of those teams are gonna be very competitive, right? So now you got Alabama State who's trying to they gotta who they gonna beat in who they gonna beat in the East, man. Bethune Cookman? Uh, uh, can they beat Bethune? I don't know. I, uh, that, I don't think so. I, I think, br- bro, that seat is flaming hot. Gonna stay
3: about
0: some seat, Jones, I'm
2: going to come back to you before we go to the next one because you're right. Uh, between Texas Southern and Alabama State, which seat is the hottest? Which <laughs> offense was the most <laughs> that's anemic? That's I'll let you get into that, and then you can start talking about the Alabama AM and uh, uh, South Carolina State, which was just the opposite, an offensive explosion. So answer the first part first, and then you can get into Alabama a and South Carolina State.
3: Hey, I'll say this. Miles only attempted nine passes yesterday. Nine passes. Only completed three of them. Wow. Miles. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about in 2021 in this world of spread offenses, Miles only completed three passes for an entire ball game.
2: Not even a four. Kentucky State, though.
3: <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I think with Alabama State, man, Miles made the game ugly. They played keep away uh, as much as they could. There were only Miles only had twelve total first downs for the entire game. 12 total first downs for the entire game. Alabama State had 17. This game was ugly. It was almost like an old mud game with no mud and no rain. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, with, with, with Alabama State, the biggest thing is you come out of that game 1-0, but looking ahead of that schedule, uh, and if they play the way that they played on yesterday, there ain't too many more W's left on that schedule, and that is bad news for one, Donna Hill Ely, and I think if I had to compare whose seat is hotter, uh, I, I think that Donna Hill Ealy, uh and 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 uh, the coach from Texas Southern, I, I think they're twins. You know, one hadn't won the conference game since he's been there, and the one that looks like the the program is up and down and in the middle and down and in the middle. And, yeah, I think I think that both of them, uh, you know, right now a problem on the conference call, you know, with each other. Like, man, how are we
1: going to handle this? Cause it's bad. Yeah. Hey, can I, I? gotta ask this question. How long has Texas Southern's athletic director been there? He he's going on his uh,
2: fourth year as well in terms of being the VP of Athletics. How long has Alabama State's
1: athletic director been there? About a month. Okay. We all know what happens with new athletic directors. They want their own people. I'm I'm done with it. I'm done. Yeah, uh, point made,
0: point made. Point made. He just just turned that temperature dial up a little bit more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to stick with you, B.J. Jones, Uh, but I like your point. Uh, I'm going to tell Kentucky State offense, Miles College offense, I'm going to say as Jay Harris would say, give me five. Can I just get five? Can I get five on it? (laughs) Jay Walker, should say, can I get five on it? Five. With that, BJ Jones, get into the opposite side of things. Alabama AM South Carolina State. Oh man, it was aerial assault. It takes us back to those Jay Walker, <laughs> McNair, Steve McNair days when the ball was flying all over the place. What did you think about this matchup, Alabama AM, South Carolina State? We know last spring, Alabama AM put it on South Carolina State. You said Alabama AM would get it done. It was a lot closer than what you thought. But you also said they're going to put up the offensive numbers. So you were right in a lot of ways in terms of this matchup. What did you see in this as the Alabama a and Bulldogs get it done 42-41? Alabama
3: A&M's offense is exactly what we thought they were. Keel Glass was amazing on yesterday. Um, and I think that he is unquestionably the best uh, quarterback uh, in the conference. Um, if you look at what he did and how he put that football team uh, on, his, on, on his back, um I I look, I psh, give this man a senior bowl invite. Uh, you can't convince me right now that he's not a Sunday player. Uh, love everything that, you know, love everything that he did. And the thing about it is he's efficient. You know, he's efficient, 28-49, 425 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Let me repeat that again. No uh interceptions. Um Garrett we talk about the lack of run game. From Alabama a and not last night, Garrett calls 22 carries, 129 yards. He added um, a touchdown. And Brian Jenkins, we talk about the other receivers, Brian Jenkins, the little guy getting it done, five receptions, 116 yards and a touchdown. And this is where I, I go to opposite end. We talk about the Alabama State defense. We talk about the players that they brought in and, 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 you know, the transfers and they were short of their defense. They're just as bad as they were in the spring. Maybe worse. They still can't tackle. They miss a lot of tackles. They're not physical. They're opportunistic. Uh, you know, you know, a turnover seem seems to find them, but defensively, <laughs> I look, I watched that football game and I watched what Bethune Cookman did. And that Thursday night game that's coming up in, in, in about two weeks. That one can get really, really interesting. Uh when you talk about that that clash of styles, but Shout out to Alabama A and M. Shout out to South Carolina State because offensively, um, the Bulldogs look a lot better. Uh, You know, they passed for two hundred twelve yards. Was able to run for two hundred and forty-two yards. They averaged six and a half yards per carry. At one point, they were averaging averaging seven and a half yards uh, per carry. Like I said, South Carolina State uh, just couldn't get it done at the end. But that Alabama State uh, defense—we talk about the improvements and everything that's being made. I think
2: that this year Alabama AM is going to be like they always have been. They're going to have to outscore people. Great points made. Alan, I'm going to go to you. This was a big win for the SWAT.
0: Right. You know, a lot yes. of people had
2: their feelings hurt in terms of the SWAC after week zero. So we needed a little, little rebound, particularly against the Miak. South Carolina like, uh Alabama AM say face on that side. But in what direction do you want to go when you look at this matchup?
0: Man, I got to say that I-10 and I-20 corridor, we all had a big sigh of relief when we saw that final score, bro, because we <laughs> didn't want to take another L to the Miac. I'm just telling you. But, uh, you know, I think I agree with BJ. Uh, that Alabama A&M offense, Akito Glass, is the truth. We can just leave that where it is. I, I don't think we have, to, we have to talk about that too much more. But, you know, you look at uh, uh, Alec Troutman who was a defensive lineman. You got to get a big boy some credit. He got that pick uh, in, the, in the first quarter and ran it back 50 yards. So you got to get, get a big fella some love, bro. So you really I like see it. I like a it. defensive lineman with a 50-yard pick six. We take it, bro. We take it. Loving it. Loving it. But Alabama AM and uh, m outgained South Carolina State 569 yards to 455. Key is that four fifty-five, bruh. It's gonna get real ugly for Alabama, and if they don't do something on that defensive side of the ball, you know you can't. You're gonna wear a keel glass out if you got to put up almost fifty points every week. It's just not gonna work because by week three, everybody gonna have film. Mm-hmm. This is yep. not. This is not Madden. There will be adjustments. So they better. They need to do something and do it quick, bruh. Because otherwise. We might have a new champ.
2: Gary calls 22 carries, 129s and a touchdown. Brian Jenkins Jr., after that early fumble that uh, you were like, oh, my goodness, is ain't going to start like this. He went right back down the score. He had five receptions, 116 yards and a touchdown. But Allen says um, it'll be fascinating to see one data point. We have 11, 10, 11, 12 more to go. So it'll be fascinating. A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts on the South Carolina State Bulldogs alabama a Bulldog matchup. You transitioned from the MIAC to the
1: SWAC. I know you had a little BB on your head as well. What are your thoughts? SWAC still needs to be on alert for these MIAC teams. There's only one Aquila glass in the SWAC. alabama AM may be the only team who can get into a shootout with a SWAC team, excuse me, a BAC team, and beat them. The offenses are good in the SWAC. But well, remember, Alabama AM was the number one rated offense in the SWAC. And they were only one point better than the BAC team. Who yeah, South Carolina State traditionally is the number one defensive team in the BAC. So SWAC still needs to be on alert. And realize they still gonna have to bring the fire, come the celebration vote in order for that title to come back to the back to the swag. I mean, it hasn't been there since Grambling in twenty twenty sixteen. If I got my years correct, twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So point, yeah. No. Point I, well taken when you.
2: Point well taken when you start talking about those uh, defenses that I mean about the offense in terms of area it be interesting to see, can some of these SWAC defenses make a statement? Bethune Cookman now in there, FAMU. Uh, we can slide on over there to Southern. Is Prairie going to be different in terms of defense? We'll see. Uh, Pine Bluff quietly it, getting it done. and uh, We want to kind of shake our heads at them, but I think they got a statement to make too. B.J. Jones always reminds everybody. And Alcorn, as everybody slowly wants to think about them fading away, they'll be back in the picture. But with that said, let's take our last uh, break, get into it before we transition. I'm going to come back. We'll have a free flow. We'll let each of our guests talk about a particular game that they want to talk about before we get into um, the last part of it where we break down the three games today. With this, this is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with watch Charles Bishop. We have in the studio with us today, though, none other than B.J. Jones, the football analyst, as he breaks down HBCs like none others. We have the production guru bringing it to us with ab drew and we have none other than the 1876 sports and culture podcast guru as well with alan williams stick with us we'll be right back after this last break
1: it's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins It's, it's the free game
0: Charles Bishop, Bishop.
1: and Neely. Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's C Pregame.
0: Your ad could be ran here.
1: MyJBN.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information. Industry was hurting, but I didn't Now got sick Here comes Monmouth. Now
0: they come in at North Carolina AT for homecoming.
1: Advice to Monmouth for homecoming at, A&T. A Leave the band at home. You can get, just get the whole twenty minutes to A with my powers and knocking the pitches down, oh. trying to teach you business first and put your pitches down. Yeah. Major, when you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
2: This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. I'm in the studio with B.J. Jones, A.D. Drew, and Allen Williams, 1876 plus in culture, getting it in. I'm going to stick with you, B.J. Jones. What is a wild card game that you wanted to speak of in terms of those list of games we had? Which one do you want to focus on and show give some more insight on?
3: Oh, it was Bowie State and um, I guess Delaware State. You know, I mm. talked about Delaware State all summer and that this was going to be a statement game uh, for for Delaware State, and it was they got the job done. Uh, they held on, uh, thirty-two to twenty-four. That game, they actually had a few scores lead. Bowie State actually closed the gap on them. Uh, but shout out to Delaware State uh, for getting that win, uh, defeating Bowie State, who has been red hot in the CIAA uh, for the last three, you know, you know, three or four years. But if you're Bowie State life without. Henry Frazier What is? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, we say that you live by the numbers. I'm going to give you guys just some numbers. One team had 354 yards of total offense. One team only had 191 yards of total offense. One team only passed for 76 yards. The other team passed for a lot of yards. One team only <laughs> averaged... One, one team on the average 2.7 yards per carry. Check this out. The team that had 354 yards is the team that lost. Why? Because they had 13 penalties for 130 yards and they turned the ball over six times. This game for Bowie State, they should have won this ball game. Six turnovers, 130 yards worth of penalties. They did not play disciplined Bowie State football, which we're accustomed to seeing. Mm. Now we got to talk about life without Henry Frazier. Henry Frazier comes into that program um, as an offense coordinator, uh, assistant head coach. Bowie State goes from bridesmaid to the bride. Two straight trips uh, to Division II playoffs. Uh, You you get uh, two uh, championships in two of the three years that he's there. You look at the trajectory of Bowie State and Damon Wilson in that program pre-Henry Frazier, Look at it with Henry Frazier, and if you're a Bulldog fan, you have to wonder, are we going back to the pre-Henry Frazier days? Because those days were full of a whole bunch of 5-5 five and five and 6-4 six, six and four teams that didn't get a CIAA title, that didn't get into Division II championship. Just something to think about and look at when we'll talking about Bulldog State moving forward.
2: I like that. Before I switch it over, who are you giving your helmet sticker to today? Who gets a helmet sticker for you?
3: Oh man, for the week, man, it's is a glass. Uh no doubt. Akeel glass, I man. He gives a helmet. If I got had two helmet stickers, I'd give him two of them. He was the man. So a glass, Alabama AM man. Shout out to him.
2: That's the Big Ben helmet sticker, Big Ben Caval Sr. As we talk about HBCU football legend right there, 1925 to 1925, twice all American. I'm gonna go to Alan, and let him tell me about the game. He wants to speak up, and then he can give me his helmet sticker. I think I know where it may be going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I want to talk. I'm not quite ready to ask uh, Southern University to step to the front of the congregation yet, but the uh, the 55 to three whooping that they took against Troy is significant. Okay, uh, now there's a lot of talk around the SWAC about making that step up from FCS to FBS. Well, this might be what you have to look forward to for the first couple of years when you make that jump, those additional scholarships make a difference, make a huge difference. Now I was hoping that that Southern could just keep this game respectable, but I mean, when you look at time of possession, it wasn't that big of a difference. You had 32 minutes and 31 seconds for Troy versus 27 minutes, 29 seconds for Southern. You hear that and you're like, okay, this should be a little bit closer. But then you dig into the numbers. Troy was three for three on fourth down. That's not supposed to happen, bro. Three for three. They only punted the ball once. They had one punt the whole game. You talk about uh, number of first downs, Uh, the tale of the first downs is just, it was 27 to 11. I mean, bro, this was like, I don't know, this wasn't varsity versus JV, bro. This felt like uh, Pop Warner versus versus varsity. So I'm a little worried about this junk talk, all this talk about FBS, bro, we going to, man, I might be happy just staying where we are for right now, bro, because that was ugly. That was just ugly.
2: It's a great point when you talk about FBS and those scholarships matter. First couple of years making the move, I'm still supporting the move because financially I think it does something different when you recruit as an FBS program uh, versus recruiting as an FCS program to play FBS program. So it'll be interesting, but it is something to keep your eyes on as – there has been a roadmap that it looks like the Southwestern Athletic Conference is looking to in terms of eventually making a move to the FBS level. So I'm glad that you brought that up because that is something to consider. Ad Drew is a – well, before I do that, uh, Allen, who does your Big Ben, L. Cavill senior, helmet sticker go to?
0: None other than Jawan Pass. 354 yards and three touchdowns. I got to give it to the young man. Rumble, young man, Rumble. Nice.
2: Eddie, Drew, any uh, matchup that you wanted to speak up before I let you give me your Big
1: Ben L. Calvo helmet sticker of the week? Not one particular matchup, but Allen almost took my point. Over this weekend, thus far, when our HBCUs, have gone outside of the world of HBCUs to play football. We were one and eighteen Ooh. on the only, including zero for seven on the FCS level, zero for seven. And I'm not counting Langston's uh, victory on the NAIA level because that is a that is a conference game. So I'm not. I'm not counting that in non-conference games. Oh, excuse me. One in eighteen. One in eighteen. Why are we only one in eighteen? Athletic departments, alumni. We need to fund our athletic programs at the maximum level. Those three, four, five scholarships that we save, you know. You get 62 on the uh, FCS 63. level, we funded, 63. 63, we funded 55, 56, 57. Those four or five scholarships make the difference. You get 36 on the Division two level, we funded 30, we funded 25. That makes the difference. Once we can get those, those level of athletes, and that's why these teams are consistently beating us, 1-18. So with that being said, Dr. Kavir. I want to give my helmet sticker to an entire team. That being the Albany State Golden Rams, who got that one non-HBCU out-of-conference victory over this weekend.
2: Man, I love it. Great comments by all, man. Don't forget
3: about Morehouse. Don't forget about Morehouse.
2: Yeah, that was two. That was two, and we did call it. And that was a big one by Morehouse, too, and one that I can see why you didn't consider, because we don't think about Morehouse getting – those uh, non-conference wins, they have had a, a trajectory where they would come up and playing well in the conference, but okay. they had dipped right well. down a little bit. But now
1: they back into yeah. Boarhouse won. ESPN has to score backwards then, because ESPN has to score of forty-eight for West Alabama, seven for Boarhouse. That's why I did not include them because I went off of the ESPN app when I looked at, when I looked up those scores. Well, we'll verify because we, yeah, so we, we need to But that's a great point. It. If that, still, two out of 18,
2: not, not good math. No doubt about it. Well, let's get into the matchups today. This is where we want. We have the cigar and champagne contest today. We got our classic galore. Uh, let's start with the first one that's on tilt, which is Gramlin And Tennessee State and Canton, Ohio, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, Black Hollis Hall of Fame Classic. It's going down. Two blue blood programs. I should call them black blood programs since they HBCU programs, as we talk about it in that vernacular. Africana studies. Let me throw that in there and spin the game with just a little We call it red, black, and green. How about that? We really throw people off on that one. So we got uh, Tennessee State out of the OBC, rounding out of SWAT, another opportunity for the SWAT to get that non conference win. Eddie George is debuting in this matchup, fascinating. Gram is trying to get off the ground. So many different storylines in this matchup. Uh, the fact that what Doug Williams is getting done in a lot of ways is getting all of this support to even put these games together, the battle of the band, all the championships between these things. It'll be fascinating so many different ways uh, as we go forward. It looks like Morehouse did lose in that, in terms of that game, as we get that up there. So. Um, we'll get that checked out. Man, I was listening to my onodon.com, so uh, understand how that messed up there. But that goes back to your one number, whether well, it was one or two, but it's one. It just makes it a little more nervous for us. But uh, we try to get a house a little love there. But with that being said, let me go to you, Ad. Jump in there. Talk about this Ramblin' Tennessee State matchup. What are your thoughts? This is a battle of
1: the. The two teams that have won the most HBCU black national championships, Tennessee State 16, Grambling 15. I've been on so many shows. I know I've said this. I don't remember where I said this before, but you will not add to that total in 2021. Neither one of these teams will add to that total. Tennessee State hired their (laughs) coach in May. So the teams that have hired their coaches in May, even if they have come out victorious over the weekend, have not looked good. So with that being said, I think advantage Grambling in this game, considering Broderick Favre should have a chip on his shoulder, the Grambling Tigers and the G-Men better have a chip on their shoulders after, after the egg they laid this spring. So no disrespect to Eddie George. Just hasn't had time to lay his mark on that program, Advantage Grammar.
3: No doubt.
2: With that said, man, I love the lab listeners. They're getting it in, boy. Those comments, Prairie View, Texas Southern, <laughs> giving false hope. <laughs> Texas Southern fans said, oh, Diane Weber getting it hard. William E. Davis, South Carolina State, got two more swag schools on the schedule, you and Bethune-Cookman. Great point. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Stephen Gaitha in the house, giving us some information. Demetri Glenn, Corey Williams, William E. Davis, Herman Jones, Ricky Burden in here. You know, he's going to be interesting to see what B.J. Jones says about his Brownlee State Tigers as they take on Tennessee State Tigers. What are your thoughts on this matchup?
3: Hey, the biggest thing for Grambling, man, is you have to bounce back. You know, I said this before about Grambling. Uh, we know what happened in the spring, uh, and we know how that, how that season went for them. Grambling fans are willing to uh, forget about the spring. They're not forgetting about the fall. They are <laughs> not. Um, I mean, I, you know, if you would, you know, ask me, I, I like Grambling to, to win this month. Fobs came in. He did some retooling to that staff brought in a new offensive coordinator, uh, you know, a new offensive line coach, did some retooling over there. Now we see how has Grambling improved because I think that Tennessee State, even with a new coach, that running back who was uh, OVC newcomer of the year uh, during the spring, Tennessee State has some pieces. Uh, they have some pieces, and you look how they played Jacksonville State, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Murray State, and some of the likes. They were all, They were in almost all of those games. Uh, so it's going to be a a, a, a challenge for Grambling. I like uh, Grambling to pull this one off uh, because if they don't, we talk about hot seats. We talk about Domingo Hill, Ealy. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, the coach at Texas Southern. Clarence Grambling McKinney. lose this one. Uh, yeah, Clarence McKinney. If Grambling lose,
2: loses this one, I think Roger Fox might be scared to pick up his phone for a couple of days. Noted, noted, noted. Drop the mic. Alan, what do you say <laughs> about this Gramlin State, Tennessee State matchup? I know your brothers went to Tennessee State, so are you gonna show them some love or are you gonna stay with the swag?
0: I, I think I gotta go with Tennessee State on this one, bro. I think uh, 2021, mm-hmm. Gramlin will be 0 and 5.
2: Woo, he's short and sweet. With that, let's go to the nightcap, which is Fort Valley State in Tuskegee in the Red Tails Classic, Montgomery, Alabama, Crampton Bowl. Y'all in the house. A D
1: Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Retail's Classic uh should be good. You've got a new coach at Fort Valley, Boris Flowers. They did play two games in the spring, so we do have a little bit of data Ooh. as far as seeing the, what, what they're be doing under the new coach. Uh but in the interview that I recorded with uh Coach Flowers earlier this week, he did say those two. Games, although they were good to play, those two teams were not the quality and caliber of a Tuskegee Golden Tigers team. So Tuskegee, Tuskegee is young, except in one it one key area, the offensive line is veteran. So if they can protect their young quarterback and I guarantee you're going to see Coach Slater go back to some basic Tuskegee play. They're going to run that belly all day, which, which, which is the, which is the dive up the bill as as they like to call it. So you're going to see Tuskegee go board to the belly and board to the running game, stay in between the tackles early to set up the stuff to the outside that Tuskegee has ran over the last few years. He's He's going to, he's going to, He knows he doesn't have Kevin Huff back there playing quarterback. He knows he doesn't have Ja'Kari Atkinson back there playing quarterback. He doesn't have uh, Kevin Lacey playing quarterback. I've seen Coach Slater have two totally different offenses, depending on his quarterback is. Tuskegee fans, you're going to see offense number two, at least early on in this season, along with Coach Kevin Powell, the new defensive coordinator, at Tuskegee, Powell said he's going to bring the fire, bring the house. I think Tuskegee gets this gets this done, but this may be a preview of the SIAC championship game.
2: Good point. BJ Jones, your thoughts? Say you what?
3: I want to get uh I want to get head coach uh, first on the phone and A.D. as well. Uh, yes. Uh, look, if Tuskegee loses this ball game. head coach Willis Slater and athletic director Willis Slater are going to have to have a conversation with each other, all right? because if you look at what Tuskegee has been for the last couple of years, five and five is not Tuskegee football let not go to go to Tigers football. It's not going to get it done. Okay. Uh, at some point, athletic director, Willis Slater and head coach, Willis Slater, they're going to have to have a conversation with each other, a genuine conversation with each other. And I know that Willis Slater might be a little bit biased towards a football coach, but five and five won't get it done at Tuskegee. And if you lose, lose this one, with the way that the SIAC has improved, I can make an argument that the SIAC, there was a point where Tuskegee was ahead of the SIAC, and it wasn't too long ago. We were talking about maybe, you know, six, seven years ago. Now the SIAC has gone past, and they have moved forward past Tuskegee. For you to to, to, to stop that, you got to get this win against Fort Valley. So I think I'm going to pre- predict Willis later, the head coach, should get it done. And then Willis Slater, the athletic director, to congratulate him. That's my prediction. But if it doesn't happen, we we got this whole hot seat thing going. Willis Slater, the head coach, and Willis Slater, the AD, might be on there together. Oh wow! Can I go back I
2: on, on that? Good. I got hold, I got, on, I got hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Let me let me let Allen jump in here. I like that. We we'll bring you in here. Go ahead, Allen. What's your thought?
0: I I think BJ is really colorful with his uh, description there (laughs) on that conversation. You know, when we went to remote learning, uh, Yada, you know, you had Deuce at home and uh, so you became teacher and parent. So I'm sure those parent-teacher conferences got a little interesting during that time. So we're <laughs> we going to see how, how how that conversation goes with Willie Slater, the AD, and Willie Slater, the head coach. But, you know, the Wildcats, you know, they got a brand new resurfaced field. They're playing at home. You know, the, you know, the last time they played, they lost to Tuskegee, what was it, 17-6 back in 2018? So... I don't know, man. I think Willie Slater might be having a different conversation. That's my prediction. Fort Valley takes this one. Ooh,
2: nice. I'm going to go back to you, AD Drew. Let you get your point in. And then as you do that, go ahead and get into that, bam, you, Jackson State matchup.
1: Willie Slater, the athletic director, sent a text message to Willie Slater, the coach. Your job is safe, coach. Your AD. Willie Slater will bring somebody in to run the athletic department and go back to coaching if that's what it takes. But mm. Willie Slater, the coach, the new president at Tuskegee, is happy with Willie Slater, the coach. Make no mistakes about it. Willie Slater is Tuskegee, he is the epitome of Tuskegee and what what Tuskegee values are. They will bring in whatever help they need to in the uh, athletic department, if that's what it takes for Willie Slater. Well, they need to bring somebody in. I'll say that program program (laughs) back to what it is. Keep in mind, keep in mind, everybody, the president was just named the president back in April. So give her an opportunity to get everything done. And them foregoing the playoffs and going back to the classic model of scheduling mm-hmm. is a precursor to what they are trying to do because all those contracts are signed in her office. Ooh, great point. Hey, now jump into
2: the uh, Jackson State – oh, go ahead, BJ. Hey, it's
3: hard to forego the playoffs when you ain't making it in the first place.
2: They ain't <laughs> not
3: making it. They ain't called it- – that's
2: not called foregoing the playoffs. <laughs> but That's called not uh, making it in the first the
1: place. Wait, wait, all right. Before, before we side, side, side. Before we
2: get into t- the and you get an interview with that later. AD, I need you to get into uh, the SWAT Jack State. I mean, Jack State famu
1: game SWAT matchup. Look, if there's one game that, as a FAMU alum, that I'm afraid of outside mm. of the Florida classic is this game. I'm afraid Why of this is that I'm afraid of this game because we don't know what we're facing. You know, in the past even as the players change, coaches schemes, and coaches tendencies tend to stay the same. We talk about those data points they' just aren't enough data points with Coach Prime at Jackson State, considering he had to basically play with what he had and adapt to what he wanted to do to what he had last year, this spring. Excuse me. I say last year, but this spring. Now he's had a half a recruiting cycle. We'll just say a half a recruiting cycle to, to bring, in, bring in some fresh players. Can, will these players jail that fast? I don't personally think so, but it would not surprise me if they did jail that fast and gave FAMU a run for its money. But everybody forgets FAMU had the number one class pre pandemic in HBCU football. Them boys have been on campus for almost two years getting coach simmons system down so advantage should be to fam but this game scares the crap out of me for fam this first and last first and last game on the schedule are the two that scare me for fam you interesting bookended bj jones you talked about that class about Famu a
2: couple of years ago as other folks seem to forget as coach prime has got on the scene in the class he did, rightfully so, that focused on him. But give me your take on this matchup, Jack State-FAMU.
3: I, I think a lot of it is unknown versus unknown. Um, FAMU hasn't played in two years. The last time we saw them, that they, they were very impressive. Um, you could argue that FAMU had the best resume as far as the FCS teams in, in black college football in 2019. Um, but we don't, we don't know. They haven't played in two years. We don't know how that rust factor goes. I think that FAMU's ceiling is the quarterback position. Uh, quarterback plays well. Uh, so goes FAMU. They're talented in, in every other position, um, from running back with Bishop Bunnett to the receivers with Chad Honor, uh, Xavier Smith, uh, Markeith uh, Bell. is one of the best players in the country, not just HBCU football, best players in the country. Uh, that roster is, is stacked. The unknown is the quarterback position. With Jackson State, there's a whole bunch of unknowns. They basically cleared out an entire roster from the spring – brought in all new guys uh, that really have, just have gotten together. Uh, if I had to lean one way, it would be Florida and m But to me, it's the unknown versus the unknown.
0: Allen, what are your thoughts? Well, if I can quote. This, the is, great- for the,
2: this is for the, the champagne and the cigar. I need to know. It. This is classic. People get all
0: trophies right. for this. All right. Bonus so, money
2: is on the line.
0: What you got? Hey, if I can quote the great Mike Tyson. Everybody got a plan till they get hit in the mouth. Fam, has not seen the field since 2018. My 2019. 2019. Nice Bruh, that's a long time. You can only do so much in an orange and green scrimmage beating up on each other. <laughs> so I think the speed of the game, uh, being in that atmosphere, the adrenaline rush, with all the hype around this game, the culture wins. No matter what, the culture is gonna win. As far as this game goes, it's a toss-up, bro. I, I can't call it. I, I, I want to say I, logic tells me, fam, you. But when it comes to this type of game in this environment, logic doesn't always play out, bro. So hey,
2: I need a scout. I need a game. Pick it up. <laughs>
0: God, All right, man, Doctor I'll tell you what, I'm going to jump out
2: there. I'm going to jump out there. Why should me? Who you got? Just stick a out a there. Jump, it, I'm going to jump
0: out there, and I'm just going to go. I'm going with the Tigers, man. I'm going with with Coach Prime on this.
2: DJ Jones, who you got in this matchup? Oh, Florida a A.D. Drew, who you got?
1: Strike. Strike. And Red Strike. tail classic
2: Tuskegee. <laughs> uh Fort Valley, who you got, A.D. Drew?
1: Do you really have to ask me that, Doc? Tuskegee, all right. (laughs) BJ
0: Jones, (laughs) Tuskegee.
2: Woo, woo,
0: woo. (laughs) Allen, who you got? I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Wildcats.
2: Sticking with you, Allen. Grambling State, Tennessee State. Who you got? Tennessee State. BJ Jones, run it back. I can't do it, (laughs) Grambling.
1: 82. Can I just say the Tigers? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: man. That, that don't work. Nice try. Oh, uh, man, G Man. G Man. I got the G Man. Man, I appreciate it. Great show today. I hope uh, the lab listeners got it. We'll be surprised if we find a way and sneak on yeah. here tomorrow morning. It is Labor Day. We have three games. We might break them down and discuss some more. So tune in and check us out. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Cavill, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab, college HBCU Sports, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Man, we had our guest on here, Raymond holly G. Boom, giving us some breakdown in terms of that game on the sideline. We'll get a chance maybe to sneak him back in to talk about what was his favorite pitcher he got, and we'll get it. Yeah, you just heard it. I get to celebrate one way or the other when the Tigers of Texas Southern University plays, Prairie View A&M University. The Breakfast of Champions. I always win because I always like to have a good time. So we're tuning off, and I'm going to begin to celebrate. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Inside the HBC Sports Lab. One, that's on Twitter, Facebook, Inside the HBC Sports Lab, as well as on YouTube. Like, subscribe. Make sure you follow all our stuff on BCSN. That's my BCSN, my JBN. Check out B.J. Jones' show. You know, he brings it hard and heavy on Wednesday. You got Brian and A.D. Sports Rap, as they do it every week as well. You know, we're on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. We'll give you a special edition of Monday. We have the Knights of the Roundtable on Monday. Man, if you can't get your full all week long, and then we debut this Saturday also, the Game Time Show, where we get it hot and heavy. You'll hear all the voices of HBCU Sports. Coming right here on BCSN. Let's get it done. We look forward to you tomorrow, certainly next week, with the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, again, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Drink big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon.
1: BJ. Lecture. <laughs> Group. Unless I miss course, I'm going to get the course in. There you go. And who was one That'll... of
0: them? Dismissed. I'll <laughs> do it.